When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on VOCNation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, VOCNation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at VOCNation. This is Monsieur <laughs> and you're listening to Brady Hicks in the room. It's in the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network right here on VOCNation.com and your favorite podcast providers, Brady Hicks here. Uh, so so happy to be here with all of you. Uh, thank you for the uh, great reception we received from the Brian Kendrick interview, all the media outlets covering it, all the fan comments and the, and the message boards. It, it just, it's just been amazing and a uh, little controversial as well for some people, but... It was it was absolutely a great time, and tonight's going to be no different. Actually, the the hits keep coming. We're actually going to have ECWA wrestler, well, you know, long time ECWA wrestler, a, a legend of the sport, a former Mid Atlantic champion, uh, Mike Tobin from the Chick Magnet is going to be joining us here tonight. As I said, my name is Brady. With me, as always, the lovely Kathy Fitz. What's going on, Kathy? Hey, Brady, how's it hanging in, buddy boy? <laughs> it's hanging better than the tree in front of your house. Hey, the electric company got it down today. <laughs> oh, good. I'm so glad to hear about that. That's great. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting week, for sure. Yeah, um, we're, yeah we're, we're going to have some fun tonight. We are. Uh, we also have with us Howard Morgan, my... Uh, my second favorite more well, third if you count the girl from college. Uh, first, uh, first is Captain, then second or third is either Howard or Kelly uh, uh, Morgan. But we, we don't need to get into her. What's going on, Howard? <laughs> Not much, man. How you been, man? It's good to finally be back, and the craziness of the last few weeks are finally starting to wind down, and, and everything's starting to even out again. 
it's behind us, so it's okay. It's uh, yeah. you know, I I feel like you and I haven't been on in forever between my honeymoon. I I know there was like a point at one point where it overlapped, but really we've hardly had any airtime together. So it's good to have you back. Uh, it's it's been crazy. Again, yeah, it just feels like forever. I mean, just just this month alone, um, I've been to um, Roanoke, Virginia. I've been to Brea, California. I've been to Muskegon, Michigan, Shreveport, Louisiana, Huntsville, Alabama, and Columbus, Georgia. Making town. <laughs> Making town. No, I, but my my hats off to the to the real road warriors, the, the guys that would travel to these towns, not just, you know, one or two days a week, but each and every day, and just, you know, pretty, you know, airplane, you know, getting more popular, when you guys don't actually drive, I don't know how you did it, I mean, I, I hate flying, not because I, I have a fear of flying, I just hate airports, I hate all the delays, and <laughs> I understand. It's, it's just crazy, it's just, I, I don't know how people do it, you know, for a living like this, it, it boggles my mind. You should you should ask your boss if he can just fly you into a region and then just have you drive all around like they used to do. Oh, I told him to get me a private jet. <laughs> they're, they're, they they won't go on the private jet. I don't know why. <laughs> what hey, about one of those bicycle airplanes? I got to ask you: Is Roanoke as a uh, is Roanoke as scary as it's made out to be in American Horror Story? You, you have to experience Roanoke at least one time in your life. <laughs> I, there, there's a reason why I was only there for a day. I literally drove in, <laughs> made a six-hour ride down, see what I had to do, and I got out of Dodge before the sun went down. That's funny. That's funny. And uh, last but not least, we have... Uh, uh, Matt Grimm joining us once again. What's going on, Matt? How you doing tonight? Uh, not, I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I uh, sorry about the whole WrestleMania thing. That sucks. The uh, the tickets. Oh, yeah. I'm seeing so many people complaining about the prices. <laughs> I got really lucky today. Um. Yeah, I got really lucky. So. I don't even have to beg and plead WWE for tickets, Kathy. That's how good it worked out. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, I might still beg and plead, but, you know, that'll just be to show Alexa Bliss the town, you know? Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, so so tonight should be interesting. Like I said, uh, we have Mike Tobin uh, from the Chick Magnets. He's coming on at 9.30 tonight. So that's really only about 20 minutes. We have a couple callers in the queue. Um, if we don't get to you guys, I promise, after the interview, you guys are first things up. So please hang tight. And uh, if you go away, please come back. But really, don't go away. You know, just hang out in the queue. It's going to be a great interview. It's going to be a great time tonight. As uh, as Papa Don told me a long time ago, Kathy, buckle up, Buttercup. It's going to be a long ride. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so what do you guys want to talk about tonight? I <laughs> I hate it when he does that. I really I do. Um, 
Yeah, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Uh, let's see. Um, you know, a lot of people criticizing the bloodline angle, the bloodline angle, but I feel like we talk about that almost every week. There's a CM Punk making friends. I, I, I don't know how much I buy into that, but he apparently he has a fight with somebody new almost every day there. Whether it's uh, Nick Namath, uh, who would be uh, Dolph Ziggler's brother. Well, or actually, Nick Namath. Or, uh, Ryan Ziggler, his brother, though. Ryan Namath. Ryan That's Nemeth. it, yeah. yes. <laughs> Nick, Nick is actually Dolph Ziggler. Um, although I'm sure Sam Punk's not happy with him because he showed up on the, uh, you know, the Being the Elite video thing. So, who knows? <laughs> yeah, it was it was him. It was um, Dylan McKay's son. I got uh, uh, Luke Perry. Um, Jungle Jack. Jungle, Jungle Jack. Perry. See, I got I got to work my way backwards every time, Kathy. I got to start with with uh, Dylan McKay, and then I can get to that point. Jungle Boy. Because I look at him, I look at him, and I just see Dylan. Yeah, I, I see Dylan with long yeah. hair. He's Dylan with yeah. long hair. He even has the same frame. It's funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and, and who was the other one? I, I saw there was another one, too. But but apparently CM Punk is just, like, causing all sorts of problems, and, and he sees Collision as his it's show. Awkward. Yeah, I know. I, I, I kind of feel like this is all fun and good, until the time comes to actually have a pay-per-view where all, they're all under the same roof. Unless, of course, it's all embellished for television. Maybe it's all embellished, but my experience tells me it's not. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it could be embellished, but like, <laughs> look at the man's track record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's so funny because it was really not that long ago that he was uh, – Going backstage in WWE trying to apologize to Triple H and The Miz. So, maybe he's a, maybe he's a bit bipolar. I don't know. I can't quite figure it out. I can't figure out Tony Khan's refusal to, to, to quit him. Quit him. <laughs> yeah. He can't quit him. Yeah. He just can't quit him. I, is he doing that well for them, really? Like, I mean, yes, it's another star, and I guess it's cool. Like, now they kind of have their own world championship just for Collision, even though MJF has appeared on Collision. So I'm not entirely sure, but I guess it's nothing that WWE hasn't done in the past as well. Uh, it, it, it's strange to me. The, the, the whole thing is strange. They've done, like, a kind of unofficial brand split without actually splitting things. But all it shows me is that they've got a bunch of people in their locker room that can't get along with each other so much so that they have to have another show. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Collision still doesn't feel on this. It doesn't feel as important as Dynamite. It just, I mean, it feels more important than Rampage. But if you're only, yeah. if, if you're an AEW fan and you only have one night a week to devote to watching a wrestling show, I'm thinking you're probably picking Dynamite. I would think so. Yeah, I would think so. And Rampage, by the way, I, I Rampage, I, I feel like at this point they're practically doing it anyway. 
let's just make that the Ring of Honor show. It's always the Ring of Honor guys and like the the young talent that's appearing on there. To me, it just makes sense. Yeah. Mix it up a I little. Mean, give, each, give each show a different feel. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah. I mean, it's good for the younger people to get you know to get some reps on television. So, if that's a way to do it, then sure. Yeah. What are you? Oh, yeah, Howard. Thing. Uh, Howard posts the article in the. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I'm basing this on. You know, that the, the conflict between the two. It, it was weird. CM Punk apparently looks at this as his show. Has he been back that long that he actually has his own show? Is is he that important that he has his own show? <laughs> Regardless of how long he's know. been back, I don't think I'm yeah. that important. Yeah, I agree. Maybe a segment on it, yes, but not the whole show. Sure. So there's that. You know, we can definitely talk about that tonight. Um, Also, on VOCNation.com, I don't know how many people picked up on it, but I've begun, our crack crack, uh, staff of writers has begun to create the first annual in-the-room listener tournament. So we're taking callers to the show. And we're pitting them in, in matchups against each other and simulating the results, Kathy. Simulating the results. Oh, no. Uh, this week, if you guys go and check it out on VOCNation.com, the first round, the first quarter round, quarterfinal matchup features uh, Rat Boy against Dustin. Two, uh, two people that are on the line, so that'll be interesting. Um, for those who are wondering, uh, Rat Boy does beat Dustin. Uh, but to check out the actual result, go on VOCNation.com and check out that that post right there. So congratulations, Ratboy. Moving on to the semifinals of the In the Room Listener Tournament. Pretty exciting stuff, guys. FML that this is what my life has become. <laughs> many little things. Not nearly enough big things, Howard. There's not. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Here's a good big thing. Here's a good big thing. I might as well plug it now while everybody's listening. Um, So next week, uh, we're going to go live on Monday night again instead of Tuesday. And that's for a very special reason, actually, because our guest next week can only do Monday night. And his name, his name is Terry Zapolsky. Are you guys familiar with that name? Maybe mm-hmm. if I put him in a Phantom of the Maybe if I put him in a Phantom of the Opera mask, Kathy gave him like a scepter with a W and called him Warlord. Maybe people would know who he is then. Half of the powers of pain. I know, but I never liked that tag team. I want to see him running around with the with the the mask. No, Palace of Pain. They were just Road Warrior ripoffs, though, weren't they? You got the balls enough to say to his face? 
Yeah, to his face, but <laughs> be an interesting question. I always thought yeah. the warlord should have gotten a great singles push. I always thought he was one a, of those guys that, like, yeah. Do you want to do a Stevie Ray interview all over again? Oh <laughs> uh, boy, but I'm a big fan. I I'm excited to uh, to talk to the warlord, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I was never a huge Powers of Pain guy. It's okay, though. I don't have to be. Maybe I should put up a t- poll on Twitter, Kathy, and tag him, you know? Which which yeah. warlord do you guys like better? No. No. Okay. All right. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, how does she really feel, Brady? I'm wondering how she really feels. I don't know. I, I feel like she probably is a fan of the fan of the opera warlord. I think I think she's high. That's what I'm getting from it. So that'll be next Monday. We're gonna do a special episode of In the Room on Monday. Uh look for that and we're gonna have the Warlord on, which which will be exciting. Uh let's go to the phones. And we're going to bring on Granny Hulkster. Hello, Granny. Hello, Kathy. Hello, Howard and Matt. How's everybody doing? Hey. How are you doing, Granny? I'm good. (laughs) I'm tired, but I'm good. I, I had a... Went to see my mom for a few days. She just got out of the hospital last week up in Kansas where she lives and... So okay. we got back Sunday. Okay. So um, I'm a little tired, but it's it's all good. So is it always satisfying to like cross the border back into Arkansas and have everything turn color again? <laughs> Brady, Brady, I get so many jokes about Kansas and the Wizard of Oz. It's unreal. I mean. I, you know, these jokes are getting old, really. I mean, they really are getting old. <laughs> when you fly back, do you take a tornado or a plane? I don't, neither one, because it's only a four-hour drive, so I drive my car. Oh, okay. That's not, bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. Brady, you passed up a tornado and a plane, and you left out the whole broomstick. Come on. <laughs> oh, I, I don't even I don't even I, have a broomstick. She's not a you know, witch. No, I'm not a witch. Thank you very much. How do you, you, how, know, do you clean, so how do you clean the kitchen without a broom? I have a broom to clean my kitchen, but I don't ride. You just a said broom you didn't have one. I didn't see no, a road one. I, I just ride, said you said you I didn't have one. I don't have a broom to ride. I don't ride a to broom. Ride. I have one to clean, but I don't have one to ride. I okay. If I had a flying broom, I would ride it. Well, that's yeah, whatever trips you're triggering, Brady. You know, so. <laughs> whatever trips you trigger. <laughs> uh, Granny, are you excited to see who you're going to match up against in the uh, in the room listener tournament? Oh, am I am I involved in that? Because you know, I heard you talking about that, but I didn't think I called in enough you're to be, be involved in that. Yeah, I just hope huh? you don't turn heel during your match. I'm not going to turn heel, Brady. I don't know. How many times? I have to impress it upon the writers. I have to tell you that, Brady Hicks. 
I know, Brady. I have, has I have to tell the writers. I, I have to tell the writers that you don't want to be a heel and you have creative control. No, I don't want to be a heel. Okay. All right. Because I don't like. I always the heel tell you more. You know that. I always you tell you that. more of like a tweener. You're more of like a tweener. No. 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 I like the baby faces. <laughs> I don't like the heels. <laughs> If I went healed, Brady, I would break so many people's hearts and so many little kids' hearts because they love me for who I am. So I don't want to – I'm and not going te- heal. That's when you tell all the fans to stick it. No, I'm not going to do that because I have my fan – I have my own personal fan base, Brady. You know, people love Granny for who she is. Of course. Oh, but they might love you even more when they see that you could be. Hey, do not play oh, that music know. in that I, I hear that off. music. I got it. Oh, yeah, turn that off. <laughs> My son likes to tease me with that song, and I don't like it. Yeah, it's I understand. It's a great song. It is a great song. I like the song. Well, I mean, it's not my song. I don't have to like that song. Some people may like it. I don't, but that's okay. That's because you're a baby face right now. <laughs> I'm a baby face all the time, Brady. Not just for right now, but all the time. Okay. And I okay. saw your and Howard's hey, I saw your and Howard's <laughs> comments on those pictures I posted on Facebook. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you hit that poor guy with a chair first, and we'd have been all right. I didn't hit him. Hey, you know what? I never hit him with a chair. I was talking to him. He, Logan Knight is actually a friend of mine from that wrestles in Oklahoma. You're friends with and, a heel? Uh, don't go there with the wolf pack either. But, no, he's actually <laughs> no, really. Logan, Logan is a friend of mine from that wrestles in Oklahoma. And he's usually the bad guy. And I was giving him grief, and him and his girl, his girlfriend was there with him, and she was so excited to see me at that wrestling show. I said, you know what? I said, I need to put Logan in a headlock. She said, yes, you should, Brady. She says, I'll even take the picture. And he was all for it. He agreed to it. So, you know, I didn't hit okay. him with a chair. I didn't even hit him with a chair. Chris, no. So? Okay. All right. I believe you. He even, he even agreed to be put in the headlock. And it was funny because when I made the post, his manager, Mike Andrews, I said, what you think about that, Mike Andrews? He says, get your stinking hands off my client, you know. And, and uh, But when I sent it to his, when I sent it to his messenger page, he actually yeah. loved the picture. So, you know, he thought it was funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's great. Now, I actually got to see a lot of my friends that I hadn't got to see for a while. We, I didn't even know okay. about the show. I found out about the show Thursday night after we got into town, and I asked my husband, I said, do you want to go? And he says, yeah, I'd like to go. So I contacted the promoter, and I said, how do we get tickets? And we went down to the, the venue where it was at. It used to be a high school back in the day, mm-hmm. but they uh, turned it into a hotel, mm-hmm. and they had the wrestling show in the gymnasium there at that hotel. 
And okay. so we went down and bought tickets and went to the show Saturday night. So it was a lot of fun getting to see my friends that I hadn't seen for a while. Did you too sweep them? Did I what? Too sweep them, like you hold up the hands, like the wolf pack. No, no, no. Okay. I high-fived some of them, but I didn't do the too sweet thing. Okay, all right. That's good. That's good. I'm glad you had a good time. I haven't been to, other than ECWA, I haven't been to an independent show in forever. So, it's been a long time. It was a lot of fun. Um, Good deal. Had a good time. Good deal. Yeah. Yeah, and you didn't cause too much havoc, so that's always nice. I didn't cause any havoc. I mean... So they said you didn't cause cause too much. I didn't cause any, you know, but this one wrestler, this this one wrestler, he grabbed a hold of my tote bag and he threw it off the table and underneath the ring and I had to have one of the other wrestlers give me my bag get my bag back for me you know and he said to me after the show he says Granny I hope I didn't break anything in your bag and I said no you didn't they were probably checking it for foreign objects making sure you weren't going to hit somebody no they were not checking it I don't carry foreign objects in my bag why do you have a bag then it was my purse, okay? It was my tote bag. It had my wallet in it. Okay. Did you have a loaded shoe in it? No. That's what Sherry used to do. Remember, Kathy? She used the loaded shoe. <laughs> I was a big fan of that. Of course, I wasn't getting hit by it, so. This is true. <laughs> And yeah, I got you to can see learn a lot from Sherry. Uh, yeah, to see one of my friends that I that I see wrestle in Arkansas and Oklahoma once in a while, I got to see him, and he was really surprised to see me there. He was happy to see me. So that's good. That that's good, Granny. I'm glad you had a good time. We did. I'm genuinely excited for you. Yeah. Um, I I'm going to put you back on hold, Granny, because our guest huh. is here, and I don't want to keep him waiting. Fine. But it was great to talk to you, and we'll great catch you on the you other know. side if you're still here. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye, Granny. All right. So joining us on the line right now, and I am really excited to talk to him. Really, since the, the Mozart Fontaine interview, I, I feel like we're going right down the chick magnets here. But uh, what a great stop we're making with Mike Tobin. The uh, one of the original chick magnets, like I said, and an ECWA legend, a, a former Mid Atlantic champion, and uh, just such a great guy, and so many cool years with uh, Jim Kettner's ECWA. What's going on, Mike? How you doing tonight? Uh, I thought I was a heel for all those years. That was a hell of an introduction, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, thank you so sure, much. Yeah. Thank you so much for the kind <laughs> words. I appreciate it. I hope everyone's good. How's everybody? Good? Uh, yeah, hey, doing good. Toby. Doing good. I- What's up, Kathy? How you doing? All right? Good, buddy. Miss all you guys. I'm so excited to be on the show. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I listened to Mozart's interview. It was great. You know, he's the storyteller. He's the anchor of the whole chick magnet experience. And uh, it, I really, truly am happy to be here with you guys. So, um, coming from 
South Florida right now where I've been for the last 15 years. I don't know where that went, but um, it's crazy. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for having me. Well, listen, I, I hope we do you justice, Mike, and I know you were technically a heel, uh, but so many fans just enjoyed the heck out of what you guys did uh, for uh, probably like a four- or five-year period there. You were just like on on top of ECWA, like in and out. Um, looking back, my God, 15 years is such a long time. Um, God, what what you been up to? So um, here it's 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 crazy. I don't know where all this time went. So I moved to Florida at the end of 2007, still active on the ECWA roster, and we can get into the whole. You know, it's been a much longer journey than that. You know, being starting in New York City when I was 17 years old. With my boy Lalo the Don, we did our first show in Manhattan, Wrestle Jam 1996, to my brother and my partner Danny Drake and I with the Boogie Nights for many years until he retired. And um, my my door to ECWA was, and by the way, ECWA was always to all of us New York guys or everybody, it was kind of a mythical mm-hmm. thing back then. You know, like it's just been, um, you know, we would you know, the Super 8 and Jim, and Jim was like this mythical figure to all of us, but uh, really it was my friend Raffaella, my dear friend for all these years, and Pat Kenny, Simon Diamond, who went to bat for me after being a great mentor in USA Pro, after working with Frank Goodman, which is my, my home fed forever, and there was really Pat who got me in the door at ECWA, we could get into the run, it was incredible, and my last singles match of my career was in, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in a few, uh, yeah. the 2009 Super 8, and really that's where my career finished, and I couldn't think of a better way to go, but since 2009, I've been here in South Florida, you know, we're never really out, it's kind of the funny thing, but now to see my friends and all the uh, guys and girls I came up with on TV and where everybody is, uh, it's incredible, I'm, I, you know. I'm happy to have gone out on, on such a incredible note. And the Chick Magnets came back one more time. Thank you to J.J. and Lisa Johnston, Right Coast Pro, for giving us that opportunity. You know, it's really been an incredible journey, but I have been retired since 2009, since uh, the Super 8. And, you know, we can get into the whole story, but, you know, I, I still miss it every day. But I would say anybody who knows my wife knows she's tougher than anybody I've ever stepped in the ring with at this point. So, uh all the boys are more scared of her than, uh, you know, than me making another comeback at this point. <laughs> That's kind of like our Kathy. Everybody's terrified of her. Uh, you, know, you never know when she's going to lock in a chicken wing or something. Well, I love I, uh, yeah. <laughs> You have to. You don't have a choice. Um, I'm, I'm only playing, of course. Uh, so you, um, you mentioned your last match being the Super 8, and I know for a lot of people the ECWA – and just getting into that tournament, that's kind of like a career objective for a lot of people. Was was it was that the case for you? Like that's an important 100%. reason for going to ECWA in the first. Okay, okay, a hundred percent. But also, I mean, that was the whole thing. All of us, you know, just working for Jim at all was a big deal. You know what I mean? So for Pat to, you know, go to bat for me to get me in the door. I mean, you you know, you guys are all there every month. In ECWA, there would always be guys coming down, girls coming down to introduce themselves, to get on the roster because, you know, working for ECWA back then was a big, big deal. 
And then Super 8 was just, of course, always gold, which made it so incredible where after so many years, when I got the call, I was pretty much semi-retired, you know, down here. You know, I had to have a bad injury before that. We could talk about that. And Jim called me, I think, about this time, August, early August 2009, and said, hey, Mike, what are you doing in October? And when I tell you Brian and Rufus didn't know, Mozart didn't know, nobody knew. So when they put the screen up, the, when they, they announced the lineup in September of '09, you know, it was awesome because I, as, as, I'm as old school as anybody else. I didn't tell anyone. My mom didn't know. So when they announced it, my phone started blowing up and everybody was, you know, excited because I was, again, coming off of a pretty bad injury. And to be a part of the Super 8 was absolutely a career goal. I, that T-shirt is hanging proudly in my garage now with the rest of my stuff. The medal, um, I actually want to hear something crazy, true story. About five years ago, I took my state exam for uh, my real estate license, and I took the T-shirt off the wall on the advice of a good friend, wore it to the, the state exam, and passed on the first try with that super Wow. Issue. So it's a good luck charm. <laughs> but yeah, and, and also to do it as, you know, as one of the chick magnets was was was, a, was great as well. And we could talk about that lineup, too, because when you look back now, you know, I think back then people didn't realize they saw the lineup and were like, oh, well, there's not any big names on it. And that wasn't the point. I think along the way, right. where people forgot what it was really about. And the the point of the Super 8 was to make people names and to give them that platform to, to get to the next level. So for me to be a part of that was such an honor, and I can get into the last match for a while if you want, because it's, you know, a really fitting way. I, I had the honor of being in the ring with two of the most talented people in the world, Tommaso Ciampa and, of course, on Bennett as a referee who really saved me because I suffered another really bad injury in that match and got through it. Oh, geez. So proud that, you know, that, that that's the way things are. But uh, we can go back to the beginning, too, because that was a blast as well. Did you realize, um, I mean, obviously you have all the respect in the world for those guys, Tommaso and uh, Sean Bennett, but did you realize at the time the kind of things that they would achieve in wrestling? Like, did you realize how big I, they could become? Well, at that point, he had already been in WWE developmental, and I was a fan of his. Mm -hmm. He had worked in, um, previously, actually, in ECWA. And the cool thing was is that... CWA and Chaotic had such a great relationship. Yeah, I, I had a feeling about a lot of those guys. If you look at that lineup, that 2009 lineup, the back end, people were like, oh, and you can say whatever you want about me, fine. Prince Nana, my brother that I came up with, every step of the way, USA Pro, Ring of Honor, we wrestled each other in the last match ever in the Elks Lodge on Queens Boulevard. My man is killing it right now, right? Yeah. Danilo, Dan Jacobs, sure. WWE referee. Tommaso, killing it. Uh, you know, Metal Master, Chad Collier, one of the best talents in the world. I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't have said the, the names, but Pagazi, um, every amazing costume that you see on television right now. Back when Sarat was making our outfits, those chick magnets outfits were 100% Makazi made. So I'm so proud to, <laughs> to have stood next to those guys. You know, Nick Logan, you know what I mean? Um, stood in a quiet storm, still killing it, right now. So to have stood in front of the trophy 
and Jim Kettner booked Super 8 with those gentlemen, I will never forget it. And it was a great honor, and it still is to this day. <clears throat> what was it about uh, the Jim Kettner shows in particular? You mentioned how everybody wanted to get into ECWA and do stuff for Jim. Um, what was it about Jim Kettner and his shows that attracted so much star talent? Well, I think what it was, too, again, like I was coming out of New York, and, you know, USA Pro was always awesome. We were wrestling in front of big sellout crowds. You know, I think it was the old school um, vibe. The old, like, you knew you were going to a throwback territory. And, I mean, honestly, with the chick magnets gimmick have worked outside of Delaware, you know what I mean? Like, we, it was an old school gear. Jim Kentner gave you a gimmick and got behind it. And that's how it started was my first night in, I had the honor of wrestling in St. Matthew's Parish one time when I came in. Uh, against Mozart Fontaine, who would become my partner, and Johnny Max. And Mozart was kind of the measuring stick, you know what I mean? And if if, if he said you were you could go, you could work, you know, you you knew you were good to go. And I think it was just being a part of that history, the, you know, the 40 years. And plus, you know, Jim is the most respected promoter in the world, uh, as far as indies go, you know, one of the top promoters ever. But he also puts you under his learning tree. Like, I learned so much about, and we all, I always said he would give us something to take with us, you know what I mean, creatively, and then just, mm -hmm. he would let us put our stuff together, but, you know, every month, and I think it was the, you know, the loyal audience, you had the same people coming every every show that got behind the characters, and I also think that, that you know, right after I got in the door, you know, I'll never forget, one day I showed up at the building, and there were three bow ties, on a hanger in the locker room and so showed <laughs> who I didn't know. I had wrestled, yeah. you know, uh, Greg Spitz, his old partner from Well Hung Warriors. I had wrestled him in Pennsylvania years before, and that was it. Three guys, got a bow tie, got bow ties and an opportunity. And, you know, the roster would change every two or three years or so, but I think our run was legitimately five straight years before any of the I think so. so. I think yeah. so, Yeah. I, I like I, I was thinking about it, and like at the time, I don't think it like hit a lot of the fans how big you guys were or how significant you were to the company. But it, it was such a great act, like you said, it endured for a while. What was the significance of the chick magnets for you? Um, that I got two brothers out of the deal. You know, like I said, I had been you know Danny Drake, one of my closest best friends, who we the Boogie Nights. We had like an incredible run. He retired in 2003, you know, um, and I was, I spent about a year, year and a half on my own, you know, great friends of mine like Boogaloo and Lowrider took me out on the road, you know, gave me great opportunities to learn to work alone. So when the time came and Pat made the call, I was ready. And to put this, you know, team together, we 100% modeled ourselves after the Freebirds, of course, right? You know, it was just mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Kissing, to have three. I mean, this is, imagine any booker today, put three guys together in a Freebird, you know, style team and try to find something for them to do every month. And that was what Jim was amazing at is that, that each one of us brought something different to the table. You know, like I would say, uh, it meant the world to me because I knew those guys were my brothers and I could rely on them and that no matter what we were doing, I mean, 
Fitz, you know Sosa and I, we would go out there, you know, with nothing on if we could. Mozart would never let us get to the ring without things being grounded in reality. You know what I mean? Uh, what we were doing made sense. And I, I think it was just an incredible opportunity for three guys who love this business. And to this day, we're never really out. My heart still misses the business every day. And I'm just so happy to see everybody still in it. But, you know, we, we loved what we were doing. And, I, you know, I literally have a six-foot banner of the three of us in my garage now every day <laughs> to remind me, like, hey, you know, uh, we had a hell of a run. We definitely did. Sure. And there was great chemistry with you three. Uh, one of the listeners wants to know, if you could take any one person from the ECWA roster and make them a, an honorary chick magnet, who would that have been? Well, actually, there there was one, but he was a chaotic guy, uh, you know. Okay. Uh, Brian Malonis was a chick magnet for one night. Um, if we could. <laughs> That's right. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think, who could we make a chick magnet for one night? There was a lot of people. I mean, without turning them. Um, oh, man, you got you got me. I don't know. Maybe I don't think Cheetah Master would have ever gone our side, but uh, that would have been <laughs> interesting. You know what I mean? That would have been interesting, yeah. Cheetah Master would have gone. Yeah. And I'll never forget on the road, King Mega telling me, you're about to see Hulk Hogan. So seeing Cheetah Master in Delaware was the biggest pop I ever heard in my life. Yeah. That was actually one of the next questions I was going to ask you. Being on the roster with Cheetah Master, I don't think a lot of fans today, especially ones that don't actively follow the ECWA, realized how kind of significant he was on the independent scene and for, for the company. I mean, what was it like kind of sharing a locker room with that guy and, and how popular he was with the fans? Well, that, you know, like we all knew, right? We all read PWI. I have a couple of PWIs mm-hmm. up in my garage as well because it just meant so much. You know, we all knew who Cheetah Master was, but he came back after I had started. And until you and I say this with all seriousness, until you were standing in in Delaware, when, welcome to the jungle hits, you have never heard a reaction like that in your life, ever, to this day. The only time I would compare it and Brian compared it is when we did the one night reunion in White Coast Pro 10 years ago last month because the Cheetah Master pop in Delaware was the biggest one I've ever heard. It was, hmm. and, but all those characters, Mr. Ulala, and by the way, you want to hear something hysterical? Of all the people I've been <laughs> in the ring with, I've been in the ring with Homicide, mm-hmm. Boogaloo, the Hit Squad, every tough guy out of New York, the guy who beat me up the worst I ever, you know, the, the worst beatings I ever took in the ring in my life. We're from the Japanese people. Really? Oh, okay. Oh, 100%. I think you're going to say ooh la la, okay. Nope. No, no, ooh la la was all right. I can handle him. But the Japanese pool boy yeah. was the stiffest guy I ever wrestled in my life. You know, he knows Wow, me. okay. But I was one of those. I'm trying to say the hit squad. For you to say the hit squad, Mike. What's that? For you to say the hit squad and say Japanese pool boy was tougher than the hit squad. Oh. Well, I, I wouldn't say tough when I said they beat me up, Daddy beat me up. Beat you up, you know. <laughs> Yeah. You know, Moff and Mac, we go way back. We did everything, too, around the horn. You know, it's just all those characters that, you know, and to think the chick magnets would be included in those names meant the world to me, personally. Yeah. Because, you know, Japanese pool boy, uh, Mr. Ulala, Boogie Woogie Brown, Cheetah Master, Ace Darling, Devin mm-hmm. Storm, 
you know, Simon Diamond, Lance Diamond, you know, all the, the history there. And, again, my partner, Mozart, is a direct, you know, result of that, trained at WrestleTech. Working for Jim was a big deal. And, you know, to be a part of that history, uh, it always it really does mean quite a bit. Oh, that's cool. Now, you mentioned the wrestling magazines, and obviously that's something that kind of hits home for me. Uh, to speak of, like, Pro Wrestling Illustrated and the coverage that they provided ECWA during those years, what was that like to just kind of know that the magazines were paying such good attention to you guys in the ECWA? So, and thank you, by the way. I would have said that at some point in this, in this interview, but... Oh. So every in, you, know, you guys in, all of it. in New York City, and mm-hmm. every month I would go down to the corner to Izzy's, which is the grocery store in the Bronx in my neighborhood, and get my copy of PWI. And, you know, there were awesome moments being a part of the PWI 500 the first couple of times. You know, but like you, Joe Zanoli, Dan Murphy, Brandy, of course, who I love. You know, all you guys looked out for us. But I'll tell you the biggest one for me was I had snapped my arm in half in the ring in 2008. And I'm going to get into a little bit of a story here, but it all leads back to the magazine. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, just falling out of the ring, I broke my arm in half and my brother, Sebastian Knight, may rest in peace. who I miss to this day who my first day in ECWA was like your family, bro. And four years later, he showed me that he took me with his makeup, Brian Wrecker with his makeup still wasn't completely off, out of the back wow. door of the Newark Boys and Girls Club to Christiana Hospital, and his his uh, enthusiasm was infectious, right? Like, he's, I'm literally holding my arm together after Corey Blaze, who I had wrestled an hour before, was in the EFT, put it back together for me. And the whole way to the hospital, Brian's going, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, you're going to be back in six months, no problem, six months. And would not let me sell it in the emergency room as the x-ray tech shriek at the x-ray. And Brian's like, you'll be back in six months. Six months. So I go home to Florida. I heal up. And six months later, I walk back into the 2008 Super 8, my first night back. Brian Wrecker's the first one in the ring, clapping as I walk in the door, and I'm laughing. We go into the photo room, and Joe only snaps a couple of pictures. And six months later... Or into the, you know, summer of 2009, I'm in a Walmart at midnight in Naples, Florida with the girl I was dating at the time. And Mm -hmm. there on the shelf is PWI with Sting on the cover, John Cena, Kelly Kelly, and Rufus, well, Mozart, Ryan Sorsch, and I, two pages, 12 questions. (laughs) Incredible. I remember that. The funny part of that is. You remember that? And, like, to me, yeah. geez, I read that every month. The funny part about it is the picture is me sticking my stomach out because I'm hiding my atrophied right arm. And when I went <laughs> to get his frame, okay. the guy at the frame shop was like, hey, you know, you could have worked out a little bit. You know what I mean? But um, oh. it was great. <laughs> That's hanging probably on my wall. You know, to be in those magazines that I used to go buy as a kid was amazing. And we really did a lot of a lot of coverage in there, and it was always cool. And I don't care who you are, if 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 you don't care about stuff like that or it doesn't mean anything to you, you're crazy. To be yeah. in the magazines that you used to read as a kid was a great honor, and they hang proudly on my wall. 
and um, you know it, it really meant a lot. So thank you to everybody from PWI for looking out. For oh, that was so cool. Of course, yeah, that was yep. so cool. And you guys deserved all the coverage that you got for sure. Um, you you talked about the injuries. Uh, you talked about the broken yep. arm and and kind of touched on in 2009 during the Super Eight. Um, was it worth it, like for you, to put yourself through that kind of pain? Um, yeah, it was absolutely because here's the thing. Okay. Um, the first major injury. Well, I had a shoulder surgery when I was younger and a few things. The first major injury I had was in 2008, and I snapped my arm in half and came back from that. And I mean, I know you guys were there, and I know, you know, the Super Eight being a part of it meant everything to me. But it was actually unbelievable to me that we were completely turned into baby faces from being gone. All three of us had been injured in 2009. When I came back from the the broken arm, like I had said at the 2008 Super 8, the next yeah. show was January 2009. Mozart Fontaine put his hair on the line, which is something I never thought would happen. And, That's you know, right. to our greatest, and I want to mention this, our greatest rivals in the entire run, of course, was the Logan brothers and Chase Del Monte. And, you know, the amount of matches that we had with those guys over the years, they were the Von Erichs to our free books. You know, from Lowell, Chaotic, to ECWA, back and forth, we were on last. Mozart's hair is on the line because Brian and I didn't have that much. And here I was coming back from the broken arm, and a minute into the match, Mozart's knee is completely blown out, which required surgery. And about oh five or ten minutes after that, Brian gets Brian Sosha gets backdropped to the floor and snaps his ankle. And bad. That required oh surgery. God. Which is crazy. And then about ten months later or nine months later, I come back for the Super 8 in the best shape of my life. And I'll just say it because it's the truth. I mean, I trained so hard. Jim was great to give us the notice. I was running on the beach like Rocky Free, you know, like, and I, I have to give more credit to everybody knows Pablo Marquez from ECW went out of his way down here in South Florida to get me ready to wrestle three times if I needed to. And again, I just had the honor of stepping in the ring. I had never gotten a babyface reaction in ECWA ever. So to come back and get the reaction I got, and Brandy standing behind the curtain with me, and Mozart and Mega. And everyone was like, man, you look relaxed. I was like, hey, I'm just ready. And we went out there, and Tommaso is one of the best talents in the world. I mean, bar none, to this day. And I was very proud of that match. And what happened was, when I was younger, I could do springboard leg drops all day. I tried it, and I put my hand out and paid the price for it. Mm. And I have to give mm. Sean, Sean Bennett credit for seeing it and, you know, making sure that I knew I was okay and we were going to get through the match. And to have an injury like that and get through the match, I was very proud of it. And, you know, um, was it worth it? Yeah, it was worth it. <laughs> I mean, every time I look at my wrist, I see the holes there. It was worth it, though, because <laughs> okay. I got to live my dreams out. And most most people don't. Most people don't get to live their dreams out. And ECWA was such a big part of that. You know, the opportunities that we got, getting to be extras on Monday Night Raw, you know, things like that, uh, being in the magazines that we read as a kid. You know, all these dreams I have where now I'm kind of old. I'm a lot older than I was. I can look back and have no regrets. So, yes, it was it was worth it. But it's also hard because in the middle of the ring in the Super 8, the biggest show of my life, I know it's over. 
I know that this is, you know, you don't want to admit it, but in the back of your head, you know, like, hey, you might not be able to come back from this one. And if that's a tough pill to swallow to go, hey, you know what? And, of course, how many retirements are really retirements, guys, right? Right. But you have right. to know when it's time for the new generation to have their time like you had yours. And, you know, I mean, I don't have any regrets with it because I got to live out all these dreams. And see my friends on TV now makes me even happier, you know? No, sure, absolutely. Uh, one of the listeners wants to know what your favorite memory from your career was, your entire career, 17 years. Yeah, one time. It was from 96 to 2009 regularly. Uh, I'd say there's a few of them. You know, like, of course, everything okay. I did with my brother, there's a few. Everything I did with my, my brother Danny Drake in New York, we were, you know, best friends who started in this business together, and he was there. And my friend Martino, the three of us started in the business together. They made the trip from Delaware, excuse me, from New York to Delaware to be there for Super 8. And those guys being there um, meant the world to me. Um, another favorite moment, of course, is my my match with Chris Candido, one of the greatest of all time, you know. And I would say right up there at the top of the list was, you know, performing in the Super 8. And, I, I you know, I like to think I left everything I had in the ring that night. I'm sure there's plenty more stuff I can't remember, but those are those are the top ones. No, that, that that's really cool. Um, do you ever look at some of the success that uh, some of your peers have had? And um, I'm trying to think of how to say because I I don't want to come off like WWE or whatever is the end all be all. But did it disappoint you that you never got further along on television with it? I mean, of course, of course, we all look. I mean, I look now and I go, man, I, you know, I look all right compared. You know what I mean? I'm like, all right, but it was a different mm-hmm. time too. Back then, you had to be, you know, six two, six three, and everything like that, and you know, it was looked at kind of differently. I made this comparison that when Brian and I stood on Monday Night Raw with the Secret Service outfits on and the George Bush impersonator, to me, that was my <laughs> back yeah. Yankee Stadium. <laughs> Because That's awesome. nobody could take that away from me. And I know guys got to be yeah. extras all the time and it wasn't a big deal. But to me, it was a big deal. Would I have loved to have traveled the world? Of course. You know what I mean? Like, would I have loved to have, uh, you know, been on TV? Absolutely. And I joke around because my wife still gets on me sometimes. Like, don't even think about it. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I work out like, like always. But you start to feel a little good and you're like, ah, one more run. But, um, no, of course. I mean, I would love to have to have uh, had that opportunity to be on TV. I love that there are more places for people to work now, the AEWs, NWAs, that the business is as hot as it is. But I don't sit around and go, oh, man, I didn't make it. I see my friends on TV, and it makes my heart smile. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. if it wasn't meant to be, it wasn't meant to be. Okay. Yeah, very cool. Um if you were, and I'm not saying you are, but if you were to come out of retirement for one match, is there anybody in particular that you would like that opponent to be? Um, singles or tags, I'm wondering. I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, either no, one. I'm, either one. I, the thing is, I see dudes on TV now that I'm like, man, I wish I would have got to wrestle those guys. I see, like, the okay. Orange Cassidy's of the world and, and the characters out there. You know, on TV, and I'm like, that would have been fun to wrestle those guys. 
Um, if I could work with anybody now, I mean, I'm trying to think. It's just there's there's so many great talents out there, but it's also the stuff that they're doing I would never be able to do. You know, like all of the, the – I, I would have loved to have had the opportunity to wrestle, and I got to meet so many of the legends. But for me, my heroes were guys like Paul Orndorff. You know what I mean? And sure, yeah. Savage, of course. Savage is my hero. You know what I mean? What I would have loved the opportunity to to learn and be in the ring for an hour with somebody and really see if I could go that long. Or you know, when I see guys like FTR now, old school throwback tag teams, those are the guys I wish. Like the Chick Magnus versus FTR, or the Boogie Knights versus FTR, or something like that. That was the kind of team that we always tried to be. An old school throwback. Six man tags, whatever we needed to do. Um, I, dude, I get the itch all the time. I wish. Luckily, I don't live that close to a ring because, you know, you know the old saying: if you take one bump in the ring, you're back. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's cool. I, and listening to you talk about some of these names that you emulated, um, it just brings back so many memories. I, I noticed today when I was kind of poking around, you did have the opportunity to meet Randy Savage before he passed. Uh, what was that experience like? Because I'm sure so many people wonder what that would have been like for them. Oh, dude, I'll tell you right now. It was a great uh, – there were two times. There was 1995, and he didn't do a lot of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Randy wasn't out there doing signings all the time. So he did an event in 1995 by JFK with Chet Topic, who was a great TV host. And there's a 30-second clip of this. It's on my Facebook and Instagram and everything if you want to check it out. And I'm literally like, hey, brother, what's going on? Yeah, how you doing all right? <laughs> and I'm like, right, and I'm right. sitting there, you know, and I've been doing the impersonation of him my whole life. I said to him just like, hey, man, you've inspired. And this is when Drake and I were literally at the start of our journey, 1995. I said, you inspired me to live my dreams out. I want to do this. I want you to, know, like, this is – and he's like, hey, thank you very much, man. Have a great day, bro. And it was awesome. And my friend Big Al happened to tape it. Thank God. Like, it's awesome having that piece of footage, and then the next time, a mutual friend of all of ours, you know Mary-Kate, everybody, of course, you know, one of my oh, wow, friends yeah. for over 20, 20 years, Mary-Kate and I and uh, Captain Joe Shoes was there, when Be a Man dropped, I was working in the business at the time, I was like in nightlife at USA Pro, and, and you know, usually you don't go to autograph sessions, and I was like, dude, it's savage, man, you know what I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah. Midtown Manhattan, I had the old school 1987 lavender Macho Man shirt that my bro shoes bought me at MYWC. I think Stryker has that shirt now. And I walked up to Randy and he popped for the shirt. Mary Kate can confirm that. He's like, hey, bro, I like that. And got to take a picture with him in the Be a Man <laughs> outfit. It was great. You know, like he was my all time hero. And, you know, I still, like, Macho Madness will live forever. And I spent my whole career. <laughs> And, you know, another thing is that people don't know, you know, it's hard, and I give credit to everyone, all the guys and girls today in this business. Whenever anybody tries to say something to me like, oh, you know, that's all phony and fake, I go, listen, I got too many friends that fuse next for you to say that in front of me. I'll always be a wrestler. I'll always defend this business. And anyone who's listening to this, those independent talents are out there every weekend putting their bodies, their lives, their families, and everything else on the line to entertain your families. And they deserve all the respect in the world because it's not an easy life. And those 
you know, not to get serious here, but the people around you. And when you're young, you don't see it, man. I never, I never missed a show that my name was on a poster of. But I missed a lot of other things, unfortunately, because of it. And, uh, you know, like, that's, it's tough to look back sometimes and go, hey, you know, the people around you that were good enough to support you chasing this dream, you know, just keep it in mind when you go to an indie show, you go to see ECWA, it's Super 8. You know, by the way, meeting and speaking to Ryan was an absolute pleasure. And the legacy that Jim set, just know that those those talents in the ring are giving you everything that they have. So I didn't mean to go off there, but, you know, I always have to defend the business. No, you're fine. No matter how far out we you're get. You're fine. Did did he interview you for the Jim Kettner documentary, Ryan? Uh, we, I think we talked about it. I haven't interviewed yet, but I have my Super 8 shirt and metal ready to go for the backdrop. Awesome. And it was awesome. an absolute yeah. pleasure. And I think it's it, great seeing the, the history embraced and uh, – yeah, I mean those those four letters mean a lot, man. Ryan Ryan has been great for the that the, the no pun intended the legacy of the whole thing. He's uh, he's Absolutely. really embraced the past. It's such a cool thing. Um, so one of the listeners wants to know what piece of advice, if you could only give one, would you give to a younger talent that's maybe about where you were back in '96? I would say to you know. Don't give up. Chase your dreams. You know, I would say always have something to fall back on. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, it's uh, – there's a weird moment that comes in you know it's time to move on. I would say chase it. Work hard in the ring. Listen, listen, listen. Walk up to those older talents. I had the, 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 the greatest school in the world to work for people like Frank Goodman and Jim Kettner and the locker room in New York with all the ECW talents that were coming off of TV – and they always mm-hmm. took the time to talk to us. I can't – Simon Diamond, Pat Kenny was such an incredible mentor to me, you know, and so many of these, you know, talents. Like, I would say to them, walk up to the veteran and talk to them. You know what I mean? Ask them questions. You know, listen to them. You know, there's so much knowledge, little things that you could do. And another thing I would say, if you're not comfortable, do not to expose too much. But if there's something that you don't – are not comfortable doing, don't do it. There's a million and one ways to do something, and until mm-hmm. you put those fundamentals, you know, there's, there's a, such amazing talent out there right now. Guys like Sean Donovan, Moth still out there. There's great schools, Kevin Matthews, you know, you got WrestlePro, like all these different places out there where you can go and learn from people that have been there and know it, you know, and you learn the fundamentals and learn the right way. My partner, Mozart Fontaine, is one of the best trainers I've ever seen, you know, and uh, I would say – Follow your dreams. Don't let anybody else tell you not to, no matter what it is. If it's wrestling, whatever else. I am 46 years old, and I have no regrets. And it's awesome to be able to look back and go, hey, I chased it. And, you know, I might have just exposed my age. It's going to kill my next comeback, but that's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Are you kidding me? Guys go on. Guys go into their 50s now. You're good. Uh, Listen, don't tell my wife that, brother. (laughs) That's why I always took the spot kind of on the side writing about it and talking about it. So much easier on my body, oh, no. but I'm not athletic like you. So, um, Kind of I'm looking really, back on your fun. career. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, just that it's fun, man. You know, like making friends. Yeah. And I, if I could say one other thing before we go on, the greatest oh, yeah. gift this business ever gave me, such as yourself, of course, Kathy Fitz, who I love all these years, the friendships. If I go to Philadelphia, yep. Kathy Fitz and I are going to have lunch and hang out, right? You got that right. If I go to, you know, wherever I go, like 
the boys and girls in this business, when you have that bond, there's nothing else like it. You're right. I love it. I love it. Let's get a drink when you come out. 100%. And what were you saying, Brady? I didn't mean to interrupt <laughs> you, brother. So, no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, so kind of looking back on everything, is there anything you would have changed in your career? Any? I, I don't want to say regrets, but anything that you would have done differently? I mean, I'm sure there's a, I, I might have traveled a little further. I was based mainly in the Northeast and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I was mm-hmm. on the road a lot getting getting out there. Um, you know, I, I I mean, there's a lot of things. I would have sent more tapes out. I actually started sending more tapes to get broadcast work than I did when I was active in the ring. And, you know, that's a passion of mine, like broadcasting, and I did that on the side and always kind of jump back into it. But I would have... I would have been a little more aggressive about getting tapes out there to the big companies and, and uh, you know, getting getting seen a little more to maybe get more opportunities. But, you know, you never stop learning. That was the whole thing. I, I think by the end, by the time we got to the Super 8, that was the the reason I stopped wrestling after that is because that's how I wanted to be remembered. That was, you know, the best version I had of myself to present to everybody in the ring. And from being in the ring with guys like Candido, you know what I mean, and all the guys that taught me and Guido and all these people over the years that took the time to, to work with me, that's the guy that stepped into the ring against Tommaso in the Super 8 and went out on his back. And I'm proud of that. That's awesome. That That's really cool. And, and not for nothing, Mike, but – uh, anytime you, with or without Mozart or Brian or whoever, uh, anytime you want to venture into internet radio, I got a platform for you whenever you're ready. Uh, because you, you, I appreciate you, you that. just I have the personality. For the, current, Absolutely. the current product, man. And you know what? It's, <laughs> yeah. We, like That's I said, we never stop loving this. We never stop <laughs> loving this business. And like I said, when I see sure. my friends on TV now, you know, like there's a lot of those cool moments. I was on the first Ring of Honor show. I forget that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like Drake and I were on the Air of Honor begins. I think that's where I first that's met pretty wild. you, right? Isn't mm-hmm. that crazy how that, long ago that? that was? You know, like there was some, some moments in my life that like in this business that, you know, we had the pleasure of picking Eddie Guerrero up when he came into to USA Pro and spending hours with him and, and you know, like wow. driving to the show and back – Sat, you know, have Eddie Guerrero in my car, and he took the time to talk to me and say, hey, you going to the gym? How many days are you going? Four or five? Make it five. Make it six. You know, like, those are incredible moments that, that, that I'll, I'll never forget or take for granted, man. And most people, you got to chase your dreams. That's what it is. If you want to be something, whatever it is, stranger things have happened, you know? you got to go after Sure. No, sure. Uh, Mike, the same thing I told Mozart, and and I know I have to get him back on as well, but we'll have to do this another time and follow up because we barely scratched the surface. We just pretty much did ECWA, but, again, you've done so many different things during your career. Uh, I appreciate the time. Um, If people – and, again, I don't know how much you're out there on social media or whatever, but if people want to follow you, is there a place where they can kind of go and keep up with – what yeah, Mike Tobin is up course, to yeah. nowadays? Yeah, I mean, like it's just kind of funny. It's uh, Instagram is and all, it's all the same. Michael Tobin DX, mm-hmm. as in Bronx, born and raised. You know, like I'm talking about Cobra Kai. I'm talking about wrestling. I'm talking about whatever. <laughs> and you know, like right. I'm the biggest Karate Kid Cobra Kai fan in the world. Uh, whatever it is, 
please feel free to check it out. Reach out to me. And like I said, you know, like we're all fans of this business. If we weren't, we wouldn't be talking like this. And deep down, we're it. all, you know, we're all in the same place. And I truly appreciate you guys having me on. I would love to come back again. And, uh, you know, we can cover anything you want. We'll do it up. Uh, Michael Tobin, thank you so much for the time tonight. It, it was great. It really was. Absolute pleasure for me. Thank you guys so much. Always great talking to you, catching up. And uh, hopefully we'll all see each other in person again soon, all right? Yeah, I hope Mike. so. All right, have a great show. Thank you again. And uh, all right, see you later, man. I'm a memory. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, brother. Good night, guys. <laughs> all right, there you go. There you go. Chick Magnet, uh, <laughs> Chick Magnet Mike Tobin. Uh, what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a commercial break. And on the other side, we're going to get to the callers. Uh, we've got a couple of them there. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have some fun here. 914-338-1885 in the room of the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. Be right back. Hey, this is a Total Package. Lex Luger, you're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Cassie Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hick, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, Tony here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... 
Professor, what's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, well, I want to say one thing. Uh, Bruno was a hell of a champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. So after, and once again, we're speaking here with Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiant? Well, actually, it was uh, uh, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a loss. Did anyone have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is that the rules, as I always understood them, was that the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation radio network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. Well, Kathy, I did it again. Somehow, I, we got to hire a producer here, I think. So, uh, Mozart Fontaine listened to that entire interview and wanted to come on and interact with Mike Tobin. I didn't allow it because I didn't see the text from him. And I, I saw the Delaware number popping in and out, but I just thought it was just a fan listening. Uh, and I was going to get to them after the interview. I did the same damn thing to Mike Tobin when Mozart Fontaine was on the air. So you, uh, you can't even say that I don't learn from my lessons. I'm dense. But at least you're consistent. <laughs> I am consistent. I am, wait until wait until we get Brian Sosha back on. We'll see what. I mean, I'll do it to both of them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I want, I'm what my Italian grandfather used to call us. Do not. Or gabados. You know what gabados is? No. No, it's hard head. Dumbass is a nice way to put it. (laughs) 914-338-1885. It's in the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network on VOCNation.com and, uh, of course, on your favorite podcast platforms as well. Uh, Before we jump in, Howard, WCW Retro returns in just, uh, well, it'll be back this Thursday. Uh, you'll, yeah, you'll we'll be back live and in person Thursday. Okay. We're just going to talk whatever whatever wrestling topics the callers want to listen to, you know, talk about it. You know, I want to kind of call it an open for forum, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a recipe for disaster. No. That's the all right. The second we'll, hour we'll, is going to we'll be it. open forum. So. <laughs> no, it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be fun. And, uh, yeah, that's all part of... Uh, 
your experience of in the room here. Uh, thank you to Michael Tobin for the time tonight, the Chick Magnet. Uh, just an amazing job. God, it's been forever since I've heard his voice, but it was so nice. And, uh, yeah, the hits keep coming. Like I said, next week uh, we're going to have the Warlord on. That's a special Monday night episode. So let's see. This is um, 8-21, so the 21st. That's the live in the room with the Warlord. From Powers of Pain, Kathy. That guy. I know I probably pissed him off, but at least he probably wasn't listening. <laughs> that is the good thing about Elvis, Howard. I, I tend to fall under, you know, I tend to um, fly below the radar with a lot of this, so. But Who's going to tell on me, right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so Warlord goes to a convention and he's signing autographs. And unless Kathy tells him what I said, um, the only person that might tell him is like Rat Boy. So I don't have to worry. Right. Right. And and can you believe anything he says anyway? So you're all good. Right. And can you understand the answer of what he says? How much will you pay me? You remember that time with Austin Aries? We you went up to Kathy, Kathy, Kathy and I walked up. We were at, uh, yeah. I forget, one of the one of the conventions. And he was signing a book. And uh, I'm with Kathy. And she walks up and she's like, hey, I understand you're friends with this guy. And points at me. <laughs> Way to put me over, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> I love putting people over. Rat Boy, what's going on? Rat Boy in Trenton. Boy, oh boy, I put you over with New Jack City, didn't I? Boy, remember that one? Oh, that was awful. I told him, leave New Jack alone, Howard, and he wouldn't listen. And he came back with a picture on his phone of New Jack giving him the finger and said that was for me. (laughs) Rat Boy, congratulations on beating Dustin in the first round matchup for the In the Room Tournament quarterfinal. The listener tournament. I'm on the page now, and I see it, and I'm reading it. Boy, what a match that I had! Let Thank me just God. let me just let me just go right to the finish, uh, Howard, because you know, uh, as in most things, I'm best in the last thirty seconds. Uh, so let oh, me just God. read the, the the conclusion here. Um, with sweat and determination on their faces, Ratboy and Dustin exchange fierce blows, each refusing to give an inch. Ratboy's agility allows him to dodge many of Dustin's attacks, but Dustin's raw power lands several devastating hits. In a last-ditch effort, Ratboy springs off the ropes, launching himself into a spectacular flying kick. And no doubt those nails scratched his face. The arena held his breath. The kick connects squarely to Dustin's jaw, sending him crashing to the mat. One, two, three, Ratboy is the winner. Now here's the part where it seems fake. The crowd erupts in cheers as Ratboy emerges victorious after an intense and electrifying match. The, both competitors showcase their unique skills, pushing each other to the limits. As they exchange a nod of mutual respect, the fans rise to their feet, acknowledging the incredible display of athleticism, determination from both Ratboy and Dustin Wilson. Kathy, can you believe these are the same people that we talk with every week? <laughs> well, what we should do is, I can rewrite it, I can rewrite every match, then we're going to put it in a comic book. How's that? That would be funny. The VOC I need an illustrator. Can you, 
Can you draw them? I know that somebody can. I don't. Who? Don't say Bret Hart. Nephew. You won't help me. My okay. nephew. <laughs> Bret Hart's My so nephew. mad that I put over Shawn Michaels. Yeah, okay. Your nephew's good? <laughs> yeah. Jerry Lawler might help me. Okay. Well, your nephew's probably got a better shot of helping. Maybe. Uh, uh, let me talk to him okay. first. Let me talk to him. <laughs> okay. And you can be on the lookout for the next round matchup next Tuesday. Uh, I believe it posts at noon on VOCNation.com, so you'll be able to see the uh, the next quarterfinal matchup between listeners. Uh, let me so, see. I don't care who it is. I don't care. You know, it's the writers that decide who's the winner and who's the loser. That's right. I don't care. I don't care. My very intelligent writers. My very intelligent writers, Rat Boy. Yeah, make sure you ain't got Mr. Uh, Hitler McMahon writing his stuff, okay? You don't need him. No, 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 not him, not him. No Hitler McMahon. Uh, No, uh, my writers who are very intelligent, Howard, and are in no way artificial. No way. Okay. No way, oh, we got Howard back. Wake up, Howard. How you doing, buddy? Well, I'm, I'm doing all right. Doing a little bit better than I was a couple of weeks ago, but I'm doing all right. <laughs> yeah, not as good as you were before I put them on. Right? Yeah, I was doing real good until about five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, I'm seeing seeing a breakup of the Imperial, what I said a couple of weeks ago. I think WWE headquarters the is home. The Imperial. I said, get, I, told, uh, I told uh, Gunther to get rid of those two goons that he's with, all right? And guess what? It's happening. There might be a breakup. Because, because I seen it last night. There might be a breakup of the interior. Okay. The interior might break up. Yeah. Because Gunther is... He can wrestle all by himself. He don't need no help. You know why? Why they had to put him with the, those two goons? You know. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm calling. Keep the two goons. They don't need them. Well, I mean, he certainly doesn't need them, but no, it's always don't. nice to have them, right? No. He could do a lot better without them. You know what I'm saying? Don't. Because they're, they're, they're the ones that are messing up everything. Okay. You know? And, and, and uh, last night with uh, Trish Stratus and uh, Becky Lynch. Hmm. Hmm. I love the match, but, you know, what's her name? Got, 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 uh, that, that, that witch, whatever her name is, you know. But Richie Starks, that's her name. We should get her out of it. But, but this time, <laughs> I hope she'll be out of it because uh, it's going to be in a yeah. still cave next time it comes around. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a shame they weren't on SummerSlam, though. I, I do think that's a shame. Yeah. Again, the <laughs> rosters are too big, but... You can't get everything on, but you need to do better. 
No buts about that. And, and I and I found out some more information about the uh, thing that I was talking to you about, you know, the other day. Well, I was okay, going to ask you about that. So, so Rat Boy sent me a flyer for um, Micro Wrestling All Stars. It's a, it's a midget wrestling uh, organization, and they're coming to the Hooters at Princeton. What's the date on that? That's uh, on a Monday, on the twenty eighth. And twenty eighth. So I could 20... feasibly do this. And it's twenty five hours to get in. At the door is going to be thirty. Okay, and it starts at nine o'clock at night. We should do it. Okay. I mean, I'm looking at the flyer. I don't think I know anybody there. It could be fun, though. Yeah, come on. Bring the wife, you know, so the wife can eat me. Make a drink up a couple of uh, briskies there. You know, and that's what your sports wife if she meets you. Huh? <laughs> that could end up like Bruce Worth's wife if she meets you. What are they going to set yeah, up a ring at Like in the restaurant? Maybe she might push you out of the car after you guys drop me off and, and let you walk home. <laughs> could be. Could be. You know, nah. uh, Howard, if happens, I were going to introduce... Howard, if I were going to introduce my wife to Rat Boy, I think... A midget wrestling event at Hooters is the place to go. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's definitely definitely the place you want to make the introduction at. That's a venue. <laughs> that is a venue. I'll check. I'll think about it, Rat Boy. I'll let you know. Yeah, let me know. You let know, me so guess. Hang out. Let you me know, guess. We haven't seen each other since when? You know. Let me let me guess. I, I got to pick you up if I go. Yeah. Why not? Come yeah. Okay. Of course. You can come, come in and meet, and, uh, meet some of my friends, you know, come to my apartment, meet uh, Coco the Wonder Cat here, you know. I met Coco before. Cat huh? <laughs> I met Coco before, didn't I? No, I think you met Twink. Okay, I thought I met them both. I might have just met Twinkles. Twinkle. Yeah, you only met Twinkles, you know. But Coco's okay. the new one, you know. He's sleeping right now on my other chair, you know, my my, I got my lucky chair. My restaurant chair that he's sleeping in. Okay. Okay, no way. Okay. You know. What else you got, brother? Um, what else do I got? Really nothing because 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 there was probably nothing nothing good on Raw last night. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it really it's wasn't. It's going downhill. I don't believe it. Okay. You know? I want, yeah. I want some excitement. I want to see some new, new fresh faces come in. You know, some old faces come in on Raw. Don't, don't, that, don't was them, what, that was what don't I think was them. the problem with Triple H. When, when Triple H started booking last year, um, and he started bringing in, like, somebody new every week, like a debut. You can't keep that up forever. And honestly, it's a problem that WCW had, too. It's like, when you're introducing some new surprise every week, at some point, people are going to be disappointed because there's not a new surprise toy to play with. Yeah, but, you know, you've got to bring in somebody, you know, somebody fresh every week, somebody old. 
Who cares, you know? Well, the, ro- the roster's big enough, they certainly could do that. Yeah, they could bring in somebody new or somebody old mm-hmm. just to wrestle one night, you know? Somebody somebody old, somebody new, somebody borrowed, maybe somebody blue. The blue meanie's coming back. Whatever, whatever. Oh, yeah, God. Hey, put it oh, this God. Way. <laughs> put it this way, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to predict it right now, okay? Mm-hmm. The blue meanie. He's going to be at the the, uh, the Royal Rumble. See if he gets that spot in Philadelphia. Against Roman okay. Reigns. Okay? Let me go around right to. now. There are a lot of people thinking that the that the Hall of Fame for WWE this year is going to have a few ECW names in it. I, I want everybody to I give you one of them. Give me, I give you one of them. I give you one I'll of give them you right the now. Easy one. I'll, give you, I'll give you the easy one right now, but we each got to say somebody different. Go ahead. Okay. I'm going to pick no other than what happened at SummerSlam. No other than Bill Ackner is going to be in it. Not an ECW name, but thank you. Howard, who are you picking from ECW to go in the Hall of Fame? Who would I like to see from ECW in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. I, wow. Too many to pick from, but is Sabu already in, or is he not in yet? He is not. He is not in. Sabu is my guy. Wow, Okay. Kathy, who do you pick? You're going to take my pick. I know it. Tommy Dreamer. Wow! My pick survives. Okay. So we've got a Hall of Fame. So far it's got Tommy Dreamer. It's got Sabu. And it's got Bill Abner. Not Bill Abner. Bill Abner. Um, I, I, put, I would put Paul Heyman in there. Uh, yeah. The genius behind it all. Yeah. No, no disrespect to Todd Gordon. I do want to read his book. Because I know a lot of what he said, and it is true. Uh, but ECW never would have been what it was if it wasn't for Paul Heyman, who, by the way, continues to make himself relevant into 2024, which is amazing. Unbelievable. Think about the career that this guy's had as a manager. Forget all the promoting and everything, just as a manager. It's incredible. I mean, what did Bobby Heenan last? About 20 years? I know he got hurt toward the end, but, you know, Freddie Blassie, maybe 15 to 20? uh, I don't even know if he made that long. Is Rob Van Dam in it? Rob Van Dam is not in it. Rob Van Dam is not in the Hall of Fame. And that's another good pick. Yes. Yeah. But I think you're going to see some ECW names in this one because for some reason WWE thinks that Philadelphia is pretty much just ECW. (laughs) (laughs) They forget the fact that it was as much New York as it was Philly, but that's okay. You never know. I might be in it. And I'd beat Bill Eichner out. That'd be something. It's only a joke. Of course. I, I didn't take you seriously. No, I didn't think you were really going to be up the laughter for the Hall of Fame. Take care, Rat Boy. Love you, brother. Take care, and I'll talk to you next week, I hope.
On Monday, Monday night, though, okay? It's Monday. Monday night, right here on VOC Nation. But on Thursday, the Shootle will be on the Stroh Show with Mr. Howard right there. <laughs> the Shootle. Uh, created a monster. Yes, you did. <laughs> See you, Rat Boy. <laughs> uh, should I do it, Kathy? Should I do it? Go for it. Really? Kathy wants me to give this program a lethal dose of poison. Welcome okay, back, Granny. Yeah, welcome back. Quit playing that awful music. I'm just <laughs> playing you in. I'm just, I'm no, just playing you into the ring. Not that music, you're not. Get rid of that music right now, Brady Hicks. Okay. <laughs> Granny, did you watch ECW back in the day? Of course. Any, okay, of course. Of course I okay. Okay. Yeah. It, it, who would you put in the Hall of Fame from ECW? Well, Kathy already said my answer, but... <laughs> you can't come up with another one? Well, you know, I mean... Too many, like Howard said, there's too many good choices to choose from, you know? And Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, Kathy gave... Well, I'm a big Tommy Dreamer fan anyways. I love Tommy Dreamer. I always yeah. have, so, I mean... He's awesome. To me, and they're never going to do it. Never going to do it. But I I think you got to put the sh- franchise Shane Douglas in there. So I'll give an answer for you. I, I think Shane Douglas should be <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. in like, you know, He doesn't get along well enough with Triple H, I'm sure. But for everything he meant to that company, he should absolutely be in there. Absolutely, he was he was my first choice, but then I thought about it. I'm like, he, there's no way that that would ever not in a million yeah. years. The only guy who has less of a chance, maybe, and that's a shame, is Taz. Yeah. Although I could see them, you know, if they if they sign Hook, there's a rumor that they're looking to sign Hook. So if they sign Hook. And they contact AEW about bringing Taz in for the Hall of Fame. Remember when they did that to TNA? Remember when they stole Ric Flair? He was under contract, and they said, yeah, he can do the Hall of Fame. But we want somebody in return. And they gave him a Christian for a pay-per-view to come back. And uh, the next thing you know, Ric Flair was under contract for WWE again. Wrestling's a strange business. <laughs> I, I how great would it be to see Taz back on SmackDown as like an announcer? I would like that. I, I like Taz as an announcer. I, I would, I, I really that would yeah. be cool. I, yeah, that would be awesome. And, and I think if I could throw one honorable mention in for the ECW Hall of Fame, maybe you know just a quick video package. I I think it would have to be the who you know. Who I consider the ultimate underdog in Mikey Whipwreck. Yes. We had him on the show once years ago. That was a fun interview. I just love that, oh, that whole that whole 
you know, underdog, underdog, him wanting to have a contract and just getting his behind kicked every week. Yeah, and coming back and he, for more. Uh huh. And then like he finally made it, and that feud was like Mick Foley. Like the friendship turned into a feud. It was amazing. Oh yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was, a, it cool was a great. Story. It really was. Very cool. Very cool, Granny. Yep. Um, I just thought I'd call in and <sighs> listen, and I haven't called in for a while, so I thought I'd call well, in. We missed you. I, show, so. I, I had to go to you in by calling you a heel. I got I go to you into calling. No, you didn't. I mean, I'm no heel. I do call in occasionally, you know. I mean, and I just decided to call in tonight because I hadn't called in in a while. So, but it had well, we nothing to you. do with you calling me a heel, Brady Hicks. So, because I don't I'm really believe one. you're a heel. I don't no, believe well, you're a heel. No, well, thank you. I'm not. I'm not. No. No. I'm not, so. No. I'm not you just yet. like you. You've been teasing the turn for like two years now. That's the thing. <laughs> I'm not turning, Brady. I'm never going to turn heel. It's not going to happen. You know who else said that? You know who else said that? Tatanka, right before he sold out to the Million Dollar Man. Right till everybody found out he had a price. Yeah. You know who else said that? Tommy Rich, right before he told the fans they could go to hell. And you knew who else said it? You knew who else said it? Marty Janetti said it right before he jumped through the window of the barbershop. Oh, ha, ha, ha. I like Tommy. I mean, I got to to meet Tommy Rich when I went to WrestleCon for WrestleMania 38. Tommy Rich was really cool getting to meet. I really enjoyed getting to talk to him. That's cool. Yeah. He was, his, his, his table was right next to Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, the Rock and Roll Express. So, which I, that's my favorite tag team, too. I mean, I love Ricky and Robert. They're awesome people. Yeah, very cool. I, and I loved Ricky Morton. That was fun. You know, I was I at... would like to, I would like to get to meet his son, Kerry Morton. I've never met Kerry. I would like to get to meet Kerry sometime. Yeah, 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 yeah. I um, I'm trying to think. Was that who Colby Carino was talking about? I'm trying. To, let me just see real quick. Yes, Colby Carino said that Kerry Morton is talented, but that he's going to beat the brakes off of him. And I agree with that. I I think that's probably true. Colby Carino said that he hates Kerry Morton so much. That he's going to team up with Joe Alonzo just so he can fight him. I think that's cool. There's not enough hatred today, you know? There, there's not. There's not. Yeah. There, there's just not. Uh, I forget what I was going to say to you, Granny. But I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, I know what it was. So, Ricky Morton... Um, Matt Grimm and I went to a Raw 
back in 1998. It was the night, if you can remember back that far, the night that Vince McMahon was going to wrestle Stone Cold, and Stone Cold had to have his arm, an arm tied behind his back. It was the night that Dude Love came out, basically, and started the feud with Stone Cold. And um, before that show, we were hanging out like by like where the wrestlers come in, and we saw the Rock and Roll Express pull into the parking lot and go into the building with their bags. And Howard, no lie... About seven minutes after they went in with their bags, I saw them come out, throw their bags in the back seat, and drive off like a bat out of hell. <laughs> and that was the last time they were in WWE. Wow. <laughs> I only wish I could have followed them inside to see what they said to them. Right. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty funny. I'm sure they didn't think it was funny, but... Yeah, no, they probably yeah, they probably didn't think it was funny at all. Yeah. Granny would have thought it was funny, but Granny's got a sixth sense sometimes. Well, most heels do, Brady. I mean, yeah. what do you want me to Howard, say? I am not a heel. Get off that. Dick, I am not a heel. You know? He when he tore off the orange and yellow and he's black and white underneath. But, well, you know what? Well, I, you know, it ain't going to happen either. You know, I'm not a heel, okay? So I like I like being a baby face. I like the baby faces. And it, like I said, if I turned heel, it would break so many people's hearts and all the little kids that love me so much for who I am. I don't want to break anybody's heart. How many watch of Hulk Hogan breaks? I don't know. Count a little Hulkamaniacs. Well, all going. Well, I mean, I have, I you know, independent wrestling shows that I go to, all the wrestlers, they all call me granny, their spouses call me granny, their kids call me granny, the fans call me granny. You know, when I started helping Tim Rockwell with Wrestling for a Cause back in 2012, that was my first WFC show that I went to. And they're getting ready to have their 12th year anniversary show October 21st of this year. I went up and asked Tim Rockwell, I said, Tim, I said, do you know what my real name is? And he said, no, all I've ever known you by is Granny, Folkster. I mean, he never knew what my real name was. I had to tell him what my real name was. But he Mm -hmm. only knew me as Granny. I mean, and that's the way the wrestling world is with me. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, if somebody had told me 25-plus years ago when I got this nickname, and I'm not sure I ever told you how how I got this nickname, but a former co-worker of mine gave me this nickname, Granny Holster, because I love wrestling. I've always loved wrestling. I've always been a fan. But when I was just Lori Burt wrestling fan, and the scenario mm-hmm. was so much different. I mean, I still hollered at the bad guys, but when I became granny, when my friend that made me my granny shirt, she passed away last July, God rest her soul. Okay. But I have three shirts that she, that she made me, three granny holster shirts that she made me throughout the years. And I still have my original one, What You Gonna Do When Granny Holster Goes Crazy on You. When I became granny... The whole scenario of me being a wrestling fan changed because the promoters, they like to... The $5 word? 
to get they like to get me involved because they know mm-hmm. that I'm going to make it fun for the show. I mean, like when TCW, when Traditional Championship Wrestling was running in Arkansas, they quit running in 2013, and they still show the old TV tapings in Little Rock on TV. We're talking 10 years later. They're still showing the old TV tapings of TCW. I still, to this day, still have people come up and ask me, hey, aren't you that lady from TCW? Aren't you granny? I mean, I and if anybody would have told me that this name would have stuck with me all these years, I would have told them that they were crazy. But it really has. Wow. Which will make the turn even better. Hey, it's but so I'm burning. not turning. I'm not turning. <laughs> it's not going it's to no happen. <laughs> not going to happen. <clears throat> what if I gave you a thousand dollars to hit somebody with a chair? A thousand dollars? See, right there. My husband just said, Brady, my husband David said to tell you. That it would take a whole lot of money to make me turn heel. And quit playing that music. We need the we need the million dollar man. We need the million dollar man. Oh yeah, the million. uh, Yeah, I met Pete Biasi. Everybody's got a price. Comic Con at a Comic Con in uh, Rogers, Arkansas, and then I saw him at. um, I was two years ago. Then I saw him at WrestleMania 30. I mean, I saw him at uh, WrestleCon when I went to WrestleMania 38. So, okay. And I got to see okay. Booker T that, and I got to see Booker T that same year too at WrestleCon and and at that Comic Con too with Ted DBL. I like Booker T. He's really nice. Would you call him I, I remember I remember WrestleCon. I remember WrestleCon when we saw Ron Simmons and JBL sitting there. Ron Simmons asked me, he says, Granny, he says, when was it that I met you? And I said, well, when I was with Tony Atlas doing that autograph signing, I said it was about three or four years ago. And he says, oh, yeah, that's right. He says, will you go over and tell Booker that Ron and John said you could have any piece of merchandise that you wanted for free? So I went and told Booker, gave Booker that message. <laughs> he says, you tell those boys to get those, your asses over here right now. And by the time I got back to the table, they were already both gone. So I didn't get to, I, I didn't get to give him that message. But, but Booker was really okay. cool getting to see Booker again. I like Booker T. He's awesome. That's cool. That's cool, Granny. <sighs> All right, Granny. We're going to get out of here. Yeah, have a good Straight night, everybody. Talk to you, as always. you too. Sorry for the jokes, Granny. I know you would never That's turn okay. Here. That's okay. I, You know what? If you all didn't give me a hard time, I wouldn't think you didn't care about me, Brady. And the same goes for you, Howard. So, mm. you know. There's a lot of didn'ts and don'ts strung together. I'm trying to put that together. I think I understand. Okay. Well, y'all have a good night. Love you, Granny. Bye-bye. All right. There we have it. There we have it. Uh, So, (laughs) yeah, this has been a fun show. 
This has been a really fun show. Uh, everybody be sure to tune in to WCW Retro this Thursday right here on the VOC Nation Radio Network. It's an open forum, so call in. Call in with your questions, with your comments, just to talk wrestling, whatever you may like. Uh, feel free to stop by 914-338-1885. Howard Morgan will be there. I assume Rad Boy and probably Chaz Moretti as well. So, uh, once again, WCW Retro live on VOCNation.com this Thursday, 9 Eastern right here, VOCNation.com. And uh, from my part, ECWA is coming back September 16th, Night of Unusual Matches. Be sure to check it out. Tickets and information, ECWAWrestling.com. Earlier in the night, before the, before the show actually starts, probably around 6.15, they're going to be doing the Hall of Fame, and I'm going to be inducted with Chris Wilde. Uh, and it's going to be an amazing time, so I really be sure to check it out. Once again, tickets and information, ECWAWrestling.com. That's going to do it for tonight, though. Thank you to Mike Tobin. Thank you to all the callers. Thank you to the best tour I could ever ask for. Everybody take care. Be good. And we'll talk to you real soon. Love you all. Bye-bye.